0: Welcome to Church and Other Drugs, my name is Jed, it is a rainy Monday over here, and as us Saints fans are calling it, uh, God is weeping for Drew Brees' thumb injury. I'd like to take a moment of silence for all of you to pray for a quick recovery, otherwise it's six weeks out. Uh, I'll wait. And we're back. Uh, but seriously, how you guys doing? I'm doing okay. Um... Got a good bonus episode this week with Brad. You all remember Brad. Uh, He's going to be on the regular episode next week to talk about everything that's been going on with him. He's sober. Things are going well. I'm really proud of him. Um, And during the bonus, we talk about our favorite Walmart experiences and his recent feud with American Express, which has been pretty funny. Um, uh, I think that's most of what's going on. I saw It too uh or as my friend called it it too long <laughs> the only other good thing of it was okay it was a solid three out of five for me if you've seen the first one then go see it obviously because it's the end of the chapter but otherwise i mean it was a big meh I did see Bill Burr's new stand-up. That's probably my favorite thing of new media recently. And uh, my favorite music releases lately are the new Devil Wears Prada singles. I know some people disagree with me there, but I really think that is some good stuff. Check out our store, storefrontier.com/slash church and other drugs. Send me an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com. We have a Spotify music playlist where all the songs I play are I put on there. Just search church and other drugs on Spotify. If you can't find it, let me know. I think some people had some trouble finding it, but uh, most of you have found it and uh, join our Patreon if you want the bonus episodes, patreon.com slash church and other drugs. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to one of my oldest friends from high school, Taylor Martin. She joins us from French Onion, Paris, Uh, Paris. France, French Onion, France, Uh, French Onion, Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, that's how she told me. Um, I've been knowing Taylor forever, she was there for my coma, she's kind of been uh, watching my journey from afar and sometimes up close so it was really cool to reconnect with her and see what's been going on in her life um, she had been through just as much as me in the past 15 years so it was very very cool to catch up uh, she's a dear dear friend so I hope all of y'all enjoy listening to it and we'll see y'all next week as they laid, my bones ta got uh done. You remember Brad, right?
1: Brad. Brad Collins.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. AC's <laughs> brother. Yeah. 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 Oh, how's he? He's good now. He's he was in and out um of getting sober, so I got him to move to Louisiana. Shit, I guess that was like eight years ago or so. Um, he's good now though. He's married. has a kid,
1: <laughs> everybody's married.
0: I know, and everyone has a kid. Not me. Oh, uh, that's what I—that was part of it, because I remember you were you were uh, betrothed at one point, right?
1: <laughs> sure was.
0: So, I was. Uh, so Miriam, my mom always gets me on this. So, this is Taylor Martin, one of my oldest, oldest friends yay, yay. from Irmo, South Carolina, who is now in Paris, France.
1: I'm not in Paris. I'm in Fontenay,
0: which is. I thought Near. there was only one city in, in France, and it was I Paris. <laughs> That's it.
1: Wait, you're what right. What city are you in? Contignan. It kind of sounds like French onion.
0: onion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my friends in Charlotte were like, you're moving where? And I was like, Contignan. And they were like, French onion. That's what it is. We've named it. And I was like, whatever, fine.
0: That's hilarious. You still You still retain a little bit of the South Carolina.
1: It just falls out. Just like. Yep. Like southern vomit.
0: So let's see. The last time I think we saw each other IRL was in Atlanta. Is that right?
1: Yeah. You were visiting. I don't know why you were in Thomas. town. I just,
0: it was, it was, oh, no, we were. Uh, I think I was driving to South Carolina and that's when we would stop in Georgia. Usually. Uh, yeah. I
1: don't know. You were somewhere near a lake.
0: Yeah, I was at Thomas's house or Thomas's parents' house at the lake or something. Uh, yeah, that was one of my attempts at sobriety that that did not stick back then. What I'm, I'm always interested. What's um. What do you What do you remember about drug addict jet? What was it like from your perspective?
1: My favorite. Oh my. Um.
0: Oh my God! I made you cry one time.
1: You, you did. You made me cry. Actually, you made me cry several times.
0: Well, but one uh, one directly as a result of me screaming at you.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry about you know, that. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> obviously, we've been <moved> past it. <laughs> also, we were so young. I know. We so, God. Um, The time that I scheduled a flight from Rock Hill to oh. Baton Rouge... And you. Yes. Okay.
0: Let me. Yeah. Let me set the. Okay. So, God, I see. I forgot all about that. That is insane. You were there for that whole week. So, Mm -hmm. this was. So, y'all, most listeners are familiar with my coma uh, period. So, I had forgotten until right now that. (laughs) So, I had set up. um, You were going to come visit me
1: Mm -hmm, before I went to New Jersey for the summer.
0: Yeah,
1: year. that whole year was so fucked up. But
0: yeah, okay. So take it for so the the last thing I remember of that was like, oh yeah, Taylor's coming to visit, and then Jed's in a and- coma. So what was it? So <laughs> what was your perspective?
1: Um, I don't know. It it, it scarred me in some way. Apparently. A year later, when I got my wisdom teeth removed, when I was, like, with the laughing gas, I don't remember this. My dad said that the entire time that I kept on, like, waking up and talking about you being in the hospital, overdosing, and then I'd pass back out, and then I'd wake. And it was, like, a year after, and I would wake back up and then talk about it again.
0: How did you even, so how did you even, like, because I was, so you landed, but, like, you couldn't get in in touch with me. So how did you even, like.
1: Olivia and Hannah messaged me on Facebook, and they were like, hey, we know you're coming tomorrow, but Jed's in the hospital. And I was like, well, I'm still coming. <laughs> I'll see you. And they are like, okay. And I was, I mean, the upside was that I got to meet your very wonderful friends that loved you. It was nice. to The positive side was I got to see people who love you that weren't me. Yeah.
0: So that was. And you got to hang and- out with my mom.
1: I got really mad at your mom,
0: but why?
1: Um, I felt like, and also like we were so young, I felt like she was enabling you and I blamed Mm. your mom a lot for enabling, but Mm. now hindsight, she's just loving you the only way she knew how.
0: Yeah. And the, uh, to, to Miriam's credit, the enabling train ended soon after that. So, (laughs) oh yeah, the, um, yeah, that, 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 that stopped. Yeah, that I was just a rough. I huh? I
1: felt like the entire time she looked at me and didn't realize that you you knew like that. I felt like she forgot me, but not that it was like, oh, you forgot me. It was just like, does this, does she know? Does she know <laughs>
0: me? Yeah. So what? And then, what was it from there? With you? Yeah. <sighs> or like, what did you even like? What were you aware of?
1: I wasn't really aware of anything. You were just. You were just my friend that was addicted to heroin. Yeah, and
0: that,
1: and that was, and that was just it. Just-
0: yeah, I, I got to, I got to really with 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 Brad and and other people, but I, I definitely got the, um, the other side of that, especially a, a different friend, Bradley. When I got sober, sober this time, I was like six months into it, and he overdosed. It was like a a strange parallel of going through the same situation. So I had to go to him in the hospital and sit with his mom. And I was like, oh, so on the other side of this, like this sucks. I was like, ugh, ugh. it's
1: really, it's, it's incredibly scary. And we were so young. You put a face on death. Like I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't seen that before.
0: No. Yeah. That. It, that's yeah. Well, we were like 19. Yeah. I 18, 19. No. Yeah. 19. Probably
1: 19. We were 19 or 20 you're a little bit younger than me i think i might have been 20 because i turned i think it was 2007 right or was it 2006
0: six or seven i can't remember i want to say six actually Jeez. Oh, um, we were- so Ooh. where did you go with your life
1: <laughs> i went to france
0: way um, before that
1: <laughs> um when I came to see you, I was dating a guy that, um, ended up being like a really toxic relationship and he got me, well, he cheated on me a bunch and then got me pregnant and then he beat the fuck out of me.
0: Oh, then, I was, I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask, what was toxic about it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and that turned into me being, a uh, and, and also like I inherited this trait of binge drinker. Um, and Oh, uh, I do
0: I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember the few yeah, you uh when you drank and that was yeah, that was like that was like one of the few times when like <laughs> I wasn't even that drunk and you were just waste. obliterated. Yeah, you got belligerent white girl roasted, uh Sometimes, extremely
1: and that got worse. Um and then I discovered I was prescribed Ritalin in college and that turned into any like a bizarre uh, dependency on it, and then ritalin, and then Vyvanse. Um
0: For how long?
1: Uh, until two thousand fifteen.
0: Oh, so like a solid. Wow. Like eight years.
1: Yeah, a really a, a long time. Um, and it's so weird because like the the speed feels like yeah, but like I'm already naturally that way. That's and, what I was
0: gonna say. You're you're pretty amped naturally
1: so the way that my body handled it was just like my back was always like tense ah, so tense and everything hurt and i was always just so pissed so fucking mad all the time and i was really mad when i didn't have it but then that i don't know
0: did you reckon did you like rationalize it out like the whole like oh it's just medicine or whatever or did you kind of know what we you knew
1: yeah, I knew, but it, those eight years, I was, I developed a really awesome diet of coffee, cigarettes, and Vivance and then, like, maybe some, like, binge eating in between if I wasn't taking medicine, but I thought it made me thin, but I, it, I, I, ne- I was never thin, like, I'm not a thin person, but, like, it never made me, I was, like, Fifteen or twenty pounds bigger than I am now. Like I don't quite understand. Like it was, it made sense for me body wise, but it didn't make sense if I like took a step out. But I never did right. until until I had to. Well, you, I didn't have to, until I chose to.
0: Were you, you were drinking at the same time too.
1: Oh hell yes. Yeah. For some very nice memories. Actually, the night that my previous fiance and I, <laughs> got together, I got. I used to work for his dad and. I got really mad at his dad and so I started drinking at work and then I left work in the middle of my day and I went to a bar and then I started taking Vyvanse then and just I got so drunk and like threw myself on this guy that like is one of my closest friends now but I was just like, why don't you want me? Blackout state, wake up the next like four hours later in the parking lot of my work, my friend drove me back there and called my boss to see where she was supposed to bring me. So obviously, he said he said to let her know when I woke up not to come back to work. Oh.
0: And that <laughs> and that was your boss's son. Uh, you...
1: My fiance's dad, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and god. So then I snuck into the office to grab my stuff. I was like mm-hmm. grab my stuff, went got my car drove my car back to the bar that I was at, continued in a blackout state. And also this is a year after I totaled my car, running it onto the, running it into the wall on I-20, just totaled my fucking car, new car, new drunk state, went back to the bar, got wasted and then drove to Tucker, which is like, I don't know. It's like a 30 minute drive. And I pull up to my friend's house that I was like watching her in her house. And (laughs) Nick was oh well whatever. Nick was there, and he was like, "What the fuck?" And I don't quite remember the conversation. I know that we decided to start dating in my blackout state, and I know that we tried to have sex, but obviously that doesn't work out for people who are in the state that I was in. Yeah. And then the next day, it was like da 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 da. Everything's fine. And I only got suspended for work for like a week, and I think part of that's because the company was really shitty to work for, and the other part was because Nick, they knew that Nick liked me.
0: What what was uh what kind of work were you doing then?
1: Oh, I was the GM of a restaurant.
0: Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's the industry. That's the industry. If that doesn't happen, then are you really working at a restaurant? I would but, challenge no, that.
1: Sean Brock is challenging that, but it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard. Ooh.
0: Ooh. So. how long did and so how long were you dating that dude and then engaged and we were together
1: five years
0: and it's this is this is the this is the this is the hilarious thing about social media so most of my updates or like assume like you know what's going on with taylor were through social media so through by that through that lens i was like oh i mean she seems to be doing great you know she's got you know got this job she's uh then you started working for that brewery and i was like okay you know cool you know oh she's engaged now yay tyler finally (laughs) taylor finally achieved happiness like great good for her and then it was (laughs) like, (laughs) so what you're saying to me is all that was uh window dressing
1: That was a lens. The brewery, um, actually was the best thing that it was. I the best thing that could have possibly happened to me. I worked for like the most genuine people. I quit the day I started working there was the day I quit smoking cigarettes because I forgot that I smoked cigarettes for a week, and then when I remembered, because like I wasn't stressed, I was just in this high of having what I thought was the dream. And it was the dream job. I mean, it was everything that it was more than what I could imagine. And the people that I worked for were so good. And bizarrely enough, working in alcohol like that close to it. Well, the people that I was around kind of changed my perspective of myself and I met really wonderful people and I started getting into therapy. And so I started drinking a lot less. Um, so the work itself, the brewery, Work was great. My relationship with Nick was we're both two really lost people trying to figure ourselves out, and mm-hmm. we were trying to get together, and he also was six years younger than me. So, like, that's – we started dating when he was 20. And oh, I was wow.
0: 20. Yeah. That's so, a like, big difference. Yeah, you change so – gosh, you don't realize how much you change between 18 and 26. Oh like, my, you're yeah, you completely – Yeah.
1: Um. But so – we were together for three years, I think. And then I like really needed to buy a house. I don't know. And it, like, this is like not a thing I ever wanted, but there was like this thing in my head that was just like, you're going to fucking buy a house. You're buying a house. And I, and I, I did, used to do this to him a lot. I'd say like, well, I'm going to do it and you can be, you can be in or you can be out. But if you're out, I'm out. And I used to give him this cause I'm such a fucking asshole.
0: Yeah. That's healthy.
1: <laughs> it's such a fucking dick move. Yeah. And- and he's like, "Well, I don't want to lose you." So I guess we're buying a house. And so we bought a house and co-signed
0: and the, on the lease or something.
1: We had we the lease was in or the mortgage is in the same but both of our names were on the deed because he had better credit than me because so, I'm shit So so
0: <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't I'm buying a house you're in it. It was like, "We, you were also putting your name on this or I'm leaving you." Good, good. Well played.
1: I didn't uh
0: that's some 4D chess right there.
1: You know that – you don't know how much of an asshole you're being until you have the time to look back. I do. I know how- <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Hindsight but- is – there are so many things in my life that I look back on and just mentally – cringe isn't even the word. It's just like, oh, my God. it's It really is. That's what's insane. It's like you're looking back at – I guess you really are too. It's a different person. I mean, it's just like it's like how did I even
1: who tolerate why would anybody tolerate me? Why do you know. love why would anybody love me? God bless all those people. Like what the fuck? I know. Uh, and yet here we are.
0: And yet here we are. Yeah. It's <laughs> Yeah, especially all the uh borderline personality kids I work with now, I'm just like, "Oh, Good God, that was me! Like, just, just crazy, That's crazy, true. crazy, crazy. I hate you. I love you. Don't leave me. Go away. Like, what?
1: Even though you're over there, I'm still, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here. Yep. Um. Oh, so then. Oh yeah. So um, buy, buying a house. So we bought a house. Uh, I started doing a lot of personal development. Um, I.
0: What's what's personal development?
1: Um, I started seeing a therapist. Regularly, I started listening to podcasts and reading books that asked me the right questions. I started asking myself the right questions. I started writing. Um, I started, I kind of changed the people that I was hanging out with. And in 2017, oh, so in 2017. I started like having this shift, like a really big shift, and I was like thinking about. So, like you know, my relationship with my mom is like fucking roller coaster. Um, and so, like we don't talk for years, and we will talk for a little bit, and we won't talk for years. And that's never really bothered me because I never really had a relationship with her. Both my dad, my dad's alcoholism has gotten so bad that he's not even the same person anymore. And so, Thanksgiving, two thousand seventeen, quite sober. My dad got. I was very sober. My dad was not very sober, and he came to our house for Thanksgiving, and he got. So, I can't even.
0: Our house being you and fiance.
1: Yeah, me and well, he wasn't my fiance yet, but
0: yeah. Oh, okay. And
1: I, he called me. He called me a cunt. And he said some like really. He was in a blackout so He doesn't remember wow. it, but he he always does that though. And I was at a point where I was like thinking about not talking to him, or like get, putting boundaries around our relationship because we never had any. And I fucking attacked my dad sober. I soberly attacked my dad, like fists in his face. And he didn't, he didn't hit me, but he tried to hit Nick. And Nick is like a big dude. And Nick's like, Bill, don't fucking hit me. Don't hit me. And Nick also like does MMA. So like, don't hit me. It turned it was a whole colossal scene. The next day I started taking antidepressants. Which helped my anxiety and like my depression, but it didn't change my like lack of joy.
0: Mm-hmm. What'd, um, you, what'd you take? Well, Butrin. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, and then Christmas happened, and then New Year's Eve happened, and New Year's Eve, I was sober for New Year's Eve, and Nick was not. And he had, he has a lot of guilt around his dad's death. His dad was an addict, his mom's an addict. We're both like, we are the foundation of a relationship is we understand each other because we carry a burden that other people don't carry. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but he voiced for the first time in four years, a lot of responsibility he felt about not saying something to his dad. And so that was a wake up call for me listening to my boyfriend crying and throwing up on the floor. Um, well, he threw up in the toilet, but he was crying on the floor. Um, he, it was a wicked call for me that I needed to put a boundary with my dad because I would not feel response. I will not feel that responsibility when he inevitably dies from his disease. So, uh, I put like some boundaries. Oh, I didn't put, I wrote him a letter and I said like, these are the boundaries and he didn't stay within those boundaries. And so then I quit talking to him in, in March and then in April Nick proposed and I felt like oh, this is not a good time. I I literally I cried every day. I basically in my head my my dad died in my head. And
0: so because you set that boundary.
1: Because well and also what I was, what was like, the
0: boundary? I, like I'm not talking to you anymore.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not talking to the person that you've become unless if you can talk to me sober, that's fine. Right. But if you call me drunk, I I won't talk to you when you're drunk. I will not visit you. I cannot visit you. And so like all we have is the phone.
0: And what, was your and I can't remember is your mom and was she an alcoholic addict or anything or she no, just
1: Ma, she's she says that she has Asperger's uh. the conversation within her family and one and her brother is a doctor is that she has borderline personality disorder and is bipolar hmm. and she, those symptoms are the symptoms are that she is bipolar and has symptoms of multiple personality disorder. But I don't know if she's ever been actually diagnosed right. so my she's... parents the truth, so i don't know yeah i don't know um but so nick proposed in april and like the first time that he was going to try to do it i knew it and i fiz- like we were in the woods in san francisco and i fucking sprinted i ran <laughs> i ran i saw him like going and i was like no
0: <laughs> yeah i i do remember your engagement post and it was like fuck you <laughs>
1: I was not happy. I finally accepted. I was totally satisfied with our relationship as it was. And as it was, actually, it was not satisf- it wasn't satisfying at all. He was never home because he, he was a restaurant manager. He was never home. If he didn't have to be at work, he would still go to work anyways. And then I later found out the reason why we didn't get married is because Nick has been uh, – he's an alcoholic and had been drinking – Similar to how I was, but very covertly um, for two years, like at work, for work, and so, and I didn't know because when he came home, he would come home and like kiss me, and I'd say, "Why do you smell like liquor?" And he'd say, "Well, I just had a beer and a shot with so and so." But he actually just hit his one year of sobriety.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: Yeah, it's really good. Really, I'm really proud of him. But he, the, it, he had, it was really brave of him to tell me to tell me that he couldn't marry me then. And it, it fucking crushed me, but it also like gave me a lot of opportunity to, to like be able to to take a step back and, and realize that like the only reason I want to get married is because I thought that I was supposed to get married because I invested that amount of time because I'm 32 and who's going to want, nobody wants me, who will want me that whatever. And so and really like we're not a very good match, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that like it makes me a bad person or makes me a bad person. We're just not a good match.
0: Totally. That's I, and I feel like, yeah, that's a common trap to fall into. And that is, that is probably like best case scenario that, Truly. cause it's, it's just like, yeah, it's like, Oh, same with sometimes kids early on too. It's like, Oh, you know, this will fix me. This will help. Um, you know, maybe, Oh, it's just cause I'm not married. Oh, it's cause I don't have a house. Oh, it's cause, um, so you know whatever x y and z
1: there's so many reasons there are so many reasons and a really big thing that i realized that i carry is that like i have a wonderful family i mean i love my family and i have a wonderful chosen family but i don't have parents that i don't have parents like other people have parents mm-hmm. and so, like that is that for some reason that is such a a downside of me um among all of my huge list of flaws of being human my like I don't know why, but so like it was okay with Nick because he also had a fucked up family. Mm-hmm. But his mother's also wonderful, and and allegedly six months sober, I I I don't know, but um, it's just weird how you like stigmatize those things and like make that as like a part of your worth.
0: Yeah, no, and you were always very motherly, even in high school. And I, you know, your relationship with your dad, from what I remember, was very. Uh, on equal playing field sort of yeah. like you know and like you know you were always you know you were basically assuming that role early on so yeah I mean that's it's the whole um, adult children of alcoholics thing going on.
1: Oh my god one time so Nick and I went we broke up we didn't break up he moved out in August at the end of August we were supposed to get married September 1st and when I came back Eventually, he agreed to go to couples therapy, and my couples therapist agreed or said that I needed to be in a DBT program instead of so my personal therapist. And so, at one point, I was in personal therapy, couples therapy, DBT, Al-Anon, and um, adult children of alcoholics. But I went to this place. And this is like the first time that I've been to a facility that's only for like for meetings. And I walked in, and I was like, "Where the fuck am I?" I thought I was like a crack house. He was like. <laughs> terrifying but I met with these two other men who were looking for them apparently the meeting hadn't like the adult children of alcoholics hadn't happened in years but by by the grace of God the three the three of us happened to find each other and we sat down for like two hours and talked and it gave me so much perspective on what it what the qualities of a child of an alcoholic have, like what our traits are Mm -hmm. so much since no wonder I'm a control freak
0: yeah it's the only um, thing yeah you don't you don't have control over other things but you can certainly try to control what you can
1: yeah amazing it blew my mind anyway so then uh so we had a bunch of therapy we went to Thailand full stu- stupidly together in a like a couple's trip even though like he was three or four months sober at the time everyone <laughs> was like party drinking we're in a, a party and I agreed not to drink with him and it it wasn't a problem for me and so because it wasn't a problem for me i i didn't understand why it was a problem for him and and yeah. i and also i don't know so like we had a really challenging experience in thailand and i was like what are we doing and then i read the letter to the wives in the big book which is I fucking hate that chapter fuck that like and you need to basically just like suck it up just like suck it up and deal with it and sacrifice 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 and I was like I and I was like oh I'm such an inconsiderate asshole for having needs and wants and like not and asking don't ask questions Taylor just be on eggshells so we came back from Thailand and I and we I presented him with something and he was like I can't do that and then and then that brought forth more honesty. It was just like a very honest end of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And then I went to school on my birthright trip because I'm Jewish and they have an older age group. What? I, and
0: how did I not know you were Jewish?
1: Because you don't the only time you knew my mom was when we were partying at our house after my parents that's, got worked.
0: That's true. You went on your birthright trip.
1: Oh yeah, on my birthright trip, but I went alone and I was I cried every day because I was so happy. And it was it was just like, it's people from all over the U.S. who go to mm-hmm. Israel. So I was the least Jewish out of all of them. Like I didn't, I wasn't raised Jewish by any means. And I've celebrated Christmas my whole life. And it just, the feeling that I had in my chest was like someone filled it with like the heaviest possible thing possible and it was still really light. So my chest was just like full and heavy all of the time. And it was so good. And while I was there, Nick called and he was like, um, you're different. And I was like, I'm happy. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I haven't been happy in a really long time. What, <sighs> what does 50-year-old Taylor think about her life right now? If this is like all of her life that she has to think about. And 50-year-old Taylor was very disappointed. And so um, I came home Christmas Eve. We I broke up with him two days later. We sold the house. And everything happened so fluidly it was like we decided to sell the house we listed the house we were under contract within the first week we moved up the date because they wanted to move in the house so quickly they gave us asking price the house appreciated a hundred thousand dollars in two years like all of these things just very easily and very fluidly happened and then and then i had and then a little flashback back of 2013 taylor came back the night before i left
0: And she was a mess, and then I left. What? How did you decide to? Well, so what are your? And briefly now, and maybe expound later. But like, what? What are? What? What have been your thoughts on like God and stuff?
1: Um. So I don't. I believe in in a higher power that in my brain is just like the power of the universe. And I think that that universal power connects to our inner power. And so when we engage with ourselves and get to know ourselves and trust ourselves, that that trust connects to the universe and the universe lays things out accordingly.
0: Is that like what you is, have you always had that belief or did that evolve?
1: No, that's a brand new, that's not brand new, but that is a new evolution. Um,
0: What were your previous?
1: I really wanted to, I really wanted to be in the Judeo-Christian. I wanted to like belong in that house, and Mm -hmm. like I try. I went to church. I've been going to church like off and on my entire life. Mm -hmm. I tried so hard, and it just like nothing ever clicked, and nothing ever felt right. And I just I I had I knew that there was a God, but I didn't know anything else, and I didn't believe in any. I couldn't the the overwhelming feeling of faith that I have now. Never, I never had. And then, when I was in Israel, I was like, oh there's definitely something. There has to be something." And then I started. When I came back from Israel, I met with a rabbi for a couple of weeks to to learn more about Judaism and like what the beliefs are and like what the writings say and what the arguments are. And that didn't totally resonate with me, but like it 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 expanded my brain. And then I read a lot about Buddhism, and then I was just in India last m- month, a month ago, and um, I learned a lot about Hinduism there, and it's, they all have the same foundation, they mm-hmm. all have, they all say the same things, with the exception of having, of like, the Judeo-Christian needing a Messiah, mm-hmm. but in reality and in other versions of it, like the Messiah is actually yourself almost like you have the ability and the energy to save yourself, to connect with the higher power and like what your energy does later is it goes somewhere. But, um, no, it's all very, that my perspective on, on a higher power is new ish, like in the past nine months.
0: What, what made you leave to go to France though? So there I was, when when was it first? Yeah, go ahead
1: um so i left without an itinerary i went to spain because the flight to madrid was the cheapest flight i could find
0: so at first you were just like i just need to go i need to i'm gonna
1: try i thought i was gonna take a two to three month sabbatical
0: and move to new york or california afterwards what are you like independently wealthy now like how did no, you...
1: no i sold the house and nick and i made we each made fifty thousand dollars on the house
0: oh sweet <laughs>
1: So like we, I mean, we had some debts and I didn't pay off my student loan debts because fuck that. And, <laughs> and so yeah, I... Yeah, in
0: your face, Fannie Mae. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but I have, I had a list of things I've always wanted to do and, when, and the sabbatical turned into me realizing like I, I can do a lot of the things that I've always wanted to do and and I... I actually, like, I have in my journal, like, I'm afraid to go long-term overseas because I'm worried I won't find a man. I'll miss my opportunity. Mm. Like, I, I wrote that in January. I read that. I'm, like, re- I've been rereading my journals to see, like, what my, pro- my emotional progress has been. And I wrote that in January, and I was like, Madam, get it together. We can be alone for the rest of our lives. We'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's
0: a real, yeah, that's that's you- the real struggle of that whole Of uh, being single in your, I guess, thirties and beyond. Really, I guess it really wouldn't change. Yeah. So, okay, that's that's pretty self aware to figure that out. Or something. But yeah, how? Yeah, it, it is amazing. How are you able to leave your house without a big strong man? That's. I don't you
1: know, I can barely put on my pants.
0: I know, dude. Do you do you need help? Do you need assistance? Like is this a cry for help?
1: You asked me what my Skype name was, and I was gonna ask you. I was like, I don't know, do you know what it is?
0: <laughs> How do you use it? Could you just do it for me?
1: There have been so many things that including like like any place that I've stayed, like I one of my Airbnbs, something was wrong with the wiring and the the electrical box and I just—I was like, I can fix this. I can fix anything. I can do this. And then like, I touched one of the wires and it sparked. And I was like, ah, I'm done. Yeah, I can't I, do it. I can't do it. I'm scared.
0: You, um, you call the place and you're like, can you send me an electric, electrician, electric, an electrician, but please be a woman. I, like, I can't do it, but I need, uh, I'm doing a thing here. So <laughs> if you could just please find me a woman electrician, I'd be great with it.
1: Please. Uh,
0: <laughs> So, you, um, so you're in Spain first.
1: I was in Spain, I was in Spain. I left without an itinerary. I found, and basically, the cheapest Airbnb on the water is what I was in search for. So I went to at de Demara, which is near Barcelona. Um, and I had a really amazing experience with surrender there, and but I didn't know it at the time. And then I went to what's cold? I went to Francignan. I found my way here um, because of the Airbnb price and then I really liked it here and so I went to another village that's really close by because I still wanted to like be moving and so I went to another village called Agd and I was in Agd for three weeks and Agd is not the place you go to for three weeks unless you need to be isolated and I needed to like I truly I just didn't talk to anybody for three weeks
0: and um. Were you still on like your phone or computer or anything or you really used it as like a monk time?
1: No, I didn't monk time it. Um, I started practicing yoga and I still messaged with my friends and I did a lot of writing and I was running a lot and I did so much meditation. And I, at the time, I didn't quite understand like why I was meditating. I just knew that I needed to do it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But I realized, I was like, oh, I could, I was started looking at the pricing because I really liked my, like, just like looking how much homes were and I was like, oh, I could I can afford to live in France, fucking cheap here. And so um, I looked up like the application process for, and also I'd met some people in Madrid who were just like living in Spain that were from all over the world, just like learning the language. And I'm, I want to learn a language and I want to live abroad. It's I, why not me too? And so um, I, France has of all the countries, France has the easiest visa application process.
0: When you say cheap, shoot me some numbers. I've always been curious.
1: So my apartment, all inclusive, I live. This is amazing. I live on the beach.
0: What's all inclusive?
1: Utilities, internet. Um, they don't have air conditioning here, but they don't really need it. Mm -hmm. Um, and my home is fully furnished. And and my proprietors, the a fucking godsend. But um, it's five hundred and forty euros a month, so that's like six hundred and fifty dollars, I think, or
0: something. (laughs) That's pretty good. All inclusive. Jeez. Um,
1: It's, it's really good. Um, and oh, so then I saw like the French visa application process for me to do a long term tourist visa, because like, I'm not in school, and I don't have a job. Um, made sense. And so I started the application process. And then I found also, I so I found Frontignan by asking for a sign. And I, I asked for a feather when I was in at Damar, and so I basically have followed a feather, a sign of a feather everywhere, and for this apartment, I asked for a snail, I don't know why, and I got in like a very specific version of the snail, and I got it, and so... So when,
0: when you say I asked for a feather and asked for a snail, walk me through that process, like what do you mean, like in meditation, or in uh, intention, or you were literally like... You're like, because I I imagine so. So I imagine you pray to Neil deGrasse Tyson. So you're like, Neil, send me
1: (laughs) Stephen Hawking.
0: Send me a (laughs) feather, please. Um, I. I, I'm kidding, but I'm curious.
1: I know. Um, uh, when I pray, I pray like on my knees, or and I also pray every morning through writing. And so, like, I write to my inner self and to God in my journal. And in my journal, I was like working through some anxieties that I was feeling about moving and about finding a home so quickly because, and it's very, no one, no one wanted to rent to me because I don't have, I don't live here. Like I'm not from here. And I, and so I started sourcing, I like, it was very hard for me, but so I was like, I don't want to live in in this apartment in Marseille. I don't even want to go see this apartment in Marseille. It doesn't feel right. Please send me a sign of, of a, living snail not dead and in mass quantity if if i'm supposed to be living in, in this area and if and the next apartment that comes up for me is the right one that night i got an email from my current proprietor saying taylor do you do you uh want to see a video of the apartment and i was like sure and the video was like not a very good video and so but i like that she responded to me and i like the location uh-huh. and so she said I, she said if you like it and and if you can pay for it for the full year, because you're not from here, um, you can have the apartment. And I was like, "Well, I can pay for the full year up front. That's fine." But can we meet first? And her and I met, and I just like instantly fell in love with her. She's had a very similar life that I've had, there to meet. And then does she speak English. She speaks. Her and her husband both speak English. They. She.
0: Is that common over there?
1: No. The the town that I am in, and the town that I am in, does not speak English. I cannot talk to a fucking person. I can talk to like. <laughs> I can talk to like maybe 5 or 6 people and like I don't see them and they don't respond to my text messages and so I am alone. Wow. <laughs> it's cool though. I'm I got to learn. It's good. It's like every single part of me has to be uncomfortable for me to be able to like know that I can do this. And so I'm uncomfortable every day. The other day I was trying to smoke a cigarette, started crying over the cigarette, got my cigarette
0: wet. I was like <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I
1: started smoking again because everybody here smokes. And I'm just, like, trying to be cool. I'm like...
0: <laughs> yeah. Do they, like, hate you because you're American? What's the sentiment?
1: The, um...
0: Or they just don't give a shit?
1: Um, they think that I'm a very interesting American because I'm so high energy. hmm Um, but they are really confused by our politics. And they're very... Con- and, like, this is a really liberal... <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, we don't know what's going on.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: they, um... The area that I'm in is extremely, like, they would be, they're, like, socialist Democrats. Like, they, I'm in the right place. And, (laughs) (laughs) and they don't really understand, they're really confused by our, um, what's it called? Like, the, the, like, all the sexual harassment and, like, the concern about being, like, in an elevator with a woman alone if you're at work. Oh,
0: the, I mean, the Me Too movement? I guess you could sum it up.
1: Yeah, they're really confused by it. And the I was at this party two weeks ago, and these two guys have like American clients, and so they and one of them works with a very large American company, but like remotely, and so they have to one of them has to do a HR compliance survey every two months, and it, it gives them the opportunity to like grieve about their coworkers, and um, it's it, he's very confused by by why we have what we have going on, and like I've almost exclusively worked with men with the exception of one job my whole life and so i don't i don't really fall into that realm mm-hmm. but you know, so i've never the men that i've worked for i've never had um issue with that no no but granted like i've had my own issue with men outside of work i don't need to be I don't. it's <laughs> right right right
0: right <laughs> i don't need to yeah my issues <laughs> with men don't exclusively uh remain at work come on now Oh, I got a whole
1: life filled with fucked up experiences.
0: So, what are you doing? So, so you paid. So, currently, so you paid for the place for a year, right?
1: Six months. Yeah.
0: Wait, what? Oh, six months. So, what? What's the? What's the plan? Are you working?
1: No. Uh, No. So, and yet again, I followed a feather. So, um, I was in Paris, where you think I live, and I. Was thinking, oh, it's time for me to get a job, and so I was journaling about like my anxieties about finding a job because I really don't want to work for somebody else anymore. I, and I also don't think I have the energy that I used to have to put all of my to make somebody else's job thrive. Like, and I'm very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm good at making other people's jobs like their things thrive because I have a lot of energy and I get excited for other people. But I don't want to. I want to conserve that energy for myself. And so I was writing about my my anxieties about it. And then I was wrote like, I really want to be a writer. I've always wanted to do this thing. And I like I I wish I knew when it was time. I'm going to continue to apply for these jobs and work for the man. And when it's time for me to start writing my book, please send me a feather. And I was very specific on the description of the feather. No, I didn't say the type of feather, but I said like exotic and these are the colors that I want to see. And then um that day I saw my friends that were in Paris visiting. I got to see them. And then I was like walking around the city and I ended up at this bar that reminded me of an American bar. And I ended up talking to the bar manager until like two or three o'clock in the morning. When I turned to leave, there was that feather on the fucking wall. And I was like, you're an ironic God, aren't you? And so then I went home and I wrote to God and I said, I don't know if that was accidental or not. Um, I'm going to continue to apply for jobs. And then I was talking, I met another friend that I met in Israel. I met her because she, because she lives in Paris and we were having lunch and I was telling her how I wanted to be a writer. And she said, well, shoo, shoo. If you want to be a writer, then write. And then we left where we were and we walked by the store and the feather was in the fucking window again. And so I was like, same kind,
0: exact same kind,
1: the exact same, like exact feather. And so I was like, okay,
0: okay.
1: I, I will take that as a sign. Um, and so I am writing a book and I'm sending out book proposals that makes me want to vomit is the,
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome. So
1: uncomfortable. Well, it's scary as fuck.
0: Am I in your book? The narcissist asks.
1: <laughs> I'll find a way. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, you don't have to shoehorn me in there. Well, um,
1: then, um, but, uh, when I don't know, so I don't, I don't have, I don't have work right now. So we'll see. I mean, I am. But, ri-
0: so you're writing a book. I'm writing a book. How far into it are you?
1: Um, I'm into like the fourth chapter.
0: Wow. Dude, that's awesome. It- should. I'm scared. Yeah, that's- yeah it is scary. <laughs> that's like <laughs> how long, like how long I feel. Like- this is God. My mom is coming out in me. It's like now I'm getting worried for you. I'm like, well, sweetie, how long do you? How long is the the money gonna last? When are you, are you gonna be okay down there? You're I know la-
1: I I have full faith that. I mean i <laughs> I followed a feather everywhere in every single place I've been cared for, and I yeah. think we. I'm gonna be provided for, and I'm I'm fine.
0: I think that's, that's true, and it's 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 because I'm kind of it's weird. So yeah, like you know now. Um, Kaylee my wife wants to live out of the country too but it's funny it's like the more here with me I don't know maybe that's what I'm saying we can come visit to France she'd six, love that I
1: have six beds in this tiny ass apartment what yeah it's a vacation home for two months and so like you guys can come stay with me I would love that
0: how much longer are you gonna be there
1: I'm gonna be here I'm here in this apartment until June
0: okay my visa oh.
1: ends in August and I'm probably going to re up. So, yes, please come here.
0: Sweet. That'd be awesome. But, but yeah, it, it, it's like, so the, and it's so, it's, it's why sometimes I, it's why there's comfort in being a full blown drug addict because it's, it's kind of similar in that it's like, you don't care. You're, I'm not worried about what's going to happen in the future. It's like, oh, I'll be fine. It's that whole idea of like, ah, whatever. It's going to be all right and now that i'm sober and like i have a job and i'm back in school and i have this career and like i'm doing all the things that i wanted to do and like we have a house and all that and You're now it's it. i know but but then then all the fear comes in where it's like oh now you know all this stupid worry and fear that that really doesn't matter it's not here or there and it's like I i forget that i mean it is very true it's like that I, there hasn't been a time yet in my history that I haven't been taken care of or that, like, you know, God's not looking out. But it's... It's, it's
1: so true, Jed.
0: It is. I mean, you that's that's plain facts. Word.
1: Yeah, it's true. You have all the signs. And the difference between uh, faith, well, this version of faith, some faith, I don't know, faith and drugs is that, like, having faith that doesn't kill you.
0: Yeah, no, exa- exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what's funny. It's like, I wish I could... I guess that's like an art form to take that because it, it's so like when I sobered up too, I became like an extreme germaphobe and like hypochondriac, which is so hilarious to me because it was opposite. It was like, I don't know. It's like weird. All of a sudden I cared about like mortality and like, if my arms are going to fall off or something, but beforehand it was like, Before, whatever, let me, water, cool.
1: My arms. Right.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's almost like an art of recapturing the, um, laissez-faire to use your your native tongue right (laughs) that's a cajun thing too so (laughs) yeah you'll have to when you when you learn french fluently you can come down to cajun french and still have no idea what they're saying
1: no i won't yeah it'll be drawl
0: yep 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 well that's awesome dude i
1: know i think so it's scary but it's awesome i'm really proud of you
0: Thank you. I'm proud of you too. I'm proud of us both for for making it. You that, know,
1: we made it, and we look so much better than we did. It's true. God, it's
0: true. Glow up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a mess. Tell me about your wife.
0: Uh, she's the best, dude. She's just like me. Well, she's she's like me.
1: The narcissist says.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, actually, um, no, she's, uh, she's very complimentary because like, she doesn't think I'm funny, which is good for me. Uh, so, you know, (laughs) yeah, she's very much, um, she's very independent and she's very, um, not clingy or not overly, like attached that sort of thing so it's more like which i'm not used to and that's not the type of, of person i am so it's very very complimentary She's not um, independent no amazing i know right oh. but then, and then that always scares me because <laughs> like, like, you, sure you love me <laughs> yeah exactly dude i swear i do that all the time Can like, you give she me some- love me. yeah <laughs> she's like yes no she's the she's the best though and we you know we went through our thing we used together. Um yeah, made it through that. So Yeah,
1: I was listening to your other like some other what are they called? Episodes,
0: episodes. and
1: I, I was really surprised that you I was surprised that you stayed together, but I was so impressed and at the same time very impressed that you that you did.
0: It's yeah, that amazing. that was that was very much a God thing where, like, when we are like, uh, break up in sobriety, um, I like literally had, um, like a vision of our wedding day. It was very, very strange. Like, Yeah, like it, and it was the the theme, the message I got from God was that she'll come back, and then I had this, like, weird vision of our wedding day, so it was just like, I was like, oh, I guess this is supposed to happen, so, and then, like, we did it the right way and, like, went through counseling, and we didn't live together until we got married and, like, all that, so it was, like, it wasn't, it wasn't that it just, like, magically worked out, like, we actually had to work on it, you know?
1: Yeah, but if you do the work, then you get the reward.
0: Totally. Totally.
1: That's the real part of it. So
0: it is. Oh. I know.
1: I have so many things I want to tell you, but I don't want you to have to cut it.
0: I know. Well, we can talk later. Well, why don't we? So give uh, give some give some closing words.
1: Closing words. Um, trust your intuition. It is more than just a tiny voice in the back of your head.
0: Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Thanks. Taylor, thank you so much. I love you. I love you, too. Five o'clock, is for and only we before the guns are rained on every.